0: Helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 Weekdays on Vision Christian Radio.
1: Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media.
0: Here's what the devil's doing. In no way does he want God involved in this area of your life. That would bring far too many blessings.
1: Hi, and welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. Today, we are reminded not to underestimate the power of Satan and his desire to take hold of all areas in our lives. In Pastor Jeff's message, Truth and Lies of Financial Freedom. You
0: know what David does? He gets to the altar and he's about to present the gift on behalf of his people, and he's proud of himself. Hey, look what we're doing, we're giving to God. Then it dawns on him, wait a minute, <laughs> all of this came from God anyway. I'm just returning to God what is rightfully His.
1: This is today with Jeff
0: Vines. Good to see you this weekend. You know, we're in a series called uh, The Resistance. We've said that according to the Bible, the same Bible that teaches you and me that God exists and that he sent his son to die on a cross for us also tells us that there's an entity in this world that is diametrically opposed to anything good happening in our life. And when you underestimate his power, then you won't be on the lookout for it. And it's possible that even though we are supposed to be more than conquerors, we can live our whole lives in an area of defeat. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So Jesus said, I've come to bring you life. There's a way that leads to life, but there's also the prince of the power of the air who is here to destroy you. Now, to help you understand how this really happens or where it really goes, I had a professor Uh, when I was in seminary that wrote this word on the screen and he said, students, now remember, he's talking to about 40 future preachers here. He said, students, look at this word. This is what's wrong with the American church, he said. And he said, most Christians segment and compartmentalize their lives and they say, okay, I want Jesus involved here, but this is off limits. I want him involved over here, but I don't want his inclusion here. And so because we and we make our lives, Christian lives, segmentable, then any area that we don't give over to God, we automatically think is neutral. And he said, it's not that way. God still loves you. But any area you don't give over to God, you're assuming that you're going at that area on your own, but you're really not. C.S. Lewis said it like this, there is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. So if you don't have God's involvement in it, it means somebody else's involvement is in it, and you're going the way that is the wide gate in that particular area of your life. Now, isn't it true, folks, stay with me, isn't it true that some areas in your life appear to be, if you take this route, appear to be uh, binding when in all actuality they're freeing, and other areas in your life appear to be freeing, but in all reality, if you start down that road, you'll end up in bondage. Let me give you two examples. First, if you're on the outside looking in at Christianity, what do you think? When you share your faith with a friend, what does he say? Or what does she think? No way am I going to become a Christ follower? All those rules and regulations, right? I'm not going to go to church all the time. I have to give money and all this stuff. They're on the outside looking in and they're still placing Christianity with it all the other religions in the world that says you do, you do, you do, and you might get in. You pray five times facing a certain direction, you go on a pilgrimage, and then you keep this long list of do's and don'ts. And if you do these things, God may let you in. They're still, still thinking about religion. Christianity is absolutely different. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. You don't justify yourself before God. If you could do that, you wouldn't need the cross. God justifies you, makes you right before himself, by sending his son to pay the penalty for your sin, past, present, future. So on the outside, you look at Christianity, that's binding. But on the inside, you know, no, it's freeing. It means I'm accepted by God on the basis of what Jesus did, not on my past, present, or future failures. Now let's take drug addiction. That works the opposite way, right? Drug addiction, you think, well, that's freeing until you're addicted. Think about it. There's a a debate going on right now, right? Whether we should legalize marijuana. Now, look at both sides of the argument. One argument says, hey, I'm not going to have anybody, especially the government, tell me what I can and cannot do. The other side, wait a minute, we're not trying to bind you. We're trying to free you because they believe firmly that marijuana is a gateway drug. And they're afraid that many young people, if we legalize marijuana, will start to smoke it freely and then move on to the next addiction. And because we know that other addictions kill, they're saying, hey, let's limit this in some way so it's not so easily accessible. Now, think about it just for a moment. This Saturday, we had a funeral here of a young, young man. Place was packed. He became a Christian, but he had his addiction before. He spent the last few years really trying to conquer this thing, but in the end it got him and he overdosed and he died. He lost his battle, but he did win the war. He was right with God, but still the addiction battle is so strong and any addict knows easy to grab onto, easy to grab onto, hard to let go of. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman died a couple of weeks ago. One of my favorite actors, first movie I saw him in was Patch Adams. Great actor, very talented. Whether you like movies or not, that's not the point. This guy was incredibly gifted. He prophesied his own death. He told his friends that he would probably die of a heroin overdose. He did. He knew that it had grabbed onto him so hard, it was so difficult to let go. Here's another, how many, how many of you watched that 70s show? Anybody? When it came out? I watched it, I, but I watched it to see her. I mean, Guys are like that. Put a pretty girl on television, you know, until they get married. Things changes, of course. And so this is uh, Lisa Robin Kelly, and she was on that 70s show. Here's what she looked like just before she died. 43 years old, she died. The before and after are amazing with her. Drugs just destroyed any beauty that she had. Now, I go this direction because I'm trying to tell you something, that there are things that the Bible teaches that appear on the outside to be bondage, but they're not. They're incredibly freeing, but you've got to trust it. And I want to talk to you about something this weekend that is destroying so many people. Let me read the passage again. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Remember what I said last week? There is nothing happening inside you that can change the love of God for you for those who are in Christ Jesus. So a pastor would contradict himself if he gave you this verse one week and then came out and tried to make you feel guilty the next week, right? How how can you harmonize that? You can't. So maybe what Pastor Jeff is doing is not trying to bring guilt because he can't. Nothing's happening inside you that would change the love of God for you. Maybe what he's trying to do is actually help me. So I want you to answer some questions for me.
1: Thanks for joining us on today with Jeff Vines. Pastor Jeff is sharing some truth and lies of financial freedom. Let's continue now.
0: I want you to answer some questions for me. Number one, what is the number one cause of stress in a marriage? What, do I have to get you to sing it? Everybody in the room knows what it is. Money. Second, what causes a new marriage to disintegrate faster than any other outside agent? what, are you shy or something? <laughs> Come on, money, money, money. Come on, sing the song. Here we go. Three, what do couples fight over more than anything else? Money. money. Now, by now, you're three for three. You're doing well. Four, what is the devil's primary tool utilized to cause tension in any relationship? I'll tell you what it is. That may not be money. Get two Christian business partners that go into business together. They'll be fighting like everybody else over some period of time over what? Money, money, money. money. Now, I want to talk to you because Robin and I, I was 32 years old. We were in New Zealand. My father had taught me some great financial principles in my life that I had adhered to in most of my twenties, but I started making a little more money, not a lot, but a little more. And all of a sudden I find myself seated with my wife across the table from a financial advisor and my wife who hardly ever shows any emotion starts to cry. <laughs> and that, I, that just opened my eyes. I, I have made my wife cry. Because the problem was with me. How many of you know who this guy is? He's the guy that sued McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's. Do you know why? He said they made him fat. (laughs) True story. Oh, true. What I realized in that moment with Robin is I'm the one that's culpable. That We're in the situation we're in because of my lack of leadership in this area. And then it dawned on me. It was like a light went on wow, the devil wants me to be in financial bondage because when you're in financial bondage, you treat your wife differently, you treat your kids differently, you treat the dog differently. (laughs) And any amount of joy you have in your life quickly dissipates because you've got this debt ball and chain hanging over your head. And it dawned on me, man, what the devil really wants is for me to be in bondage so that it ruins every aspect of my life and no other area of your life has the potential to ruin every other aspect of your life than financial bondage. So here's what I understood. The devil tells us three lies. Lie number one is this. It's my money and I can do whatever I want with it. Now, we know the truth is it's your wife's money and you do what she tells. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) The Bible says, the Bible says, and I've read this verse numerous times in Psalm twenty-four, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world, and all who live in it, for he founded it upon the sea, he established it upon the waters. The psalmist says, Everything came from God, everything belongs to God. But in first Chronicles 29, the passage that we're concentrating on this weekend, wealth and honor come from you. Who's you? God, you are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. The writer says, God is the one that gives you your wealth. God is the one who can lift you up. God is the one who can humble you. God is the one who gives you power and strength. God is the source, God. And then he says in verse 14, but who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to give generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. You know what David does? He gets to the altar and he's about to present the gift on behalf of his people. And he's proud of himself. Man, look what we're doing. We're giving to God. Then it dawns on him, wait a minute. All of this came from God anyway. I'm just returning to God what is rightfully his. Now, you remember I told you about the lady who's in the airport uh, airport terminal. And uh, she's reading the newspaper. And all of a sudden, the guy next to her that she does not know digs into her bag of chocolate chip cookies. And she hears the rustling. And she looks over and he takes two cookies and smiles at her. Well, in order to claim her territory, she puts the newspaper down. She takes three cookies smiles at him. He takes three more. This goes on for a while. She's thinking of all the audacity. There's one cookie left. He takes it and then takes the paper, crumbles it up and throws it away. She doesn't say anything. She just goes to her seat on the airplane. She sits down, opens up her purse to discover her unopened package of chocolate chip cookies. She had been eating his cookies the whole time. And the point of the story is the manner in which you use the cookies really is determined by who you think they belong to. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, how does this get me in bondage though? First Chronicles 29, wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things in your hands is strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. The Bible says this, look, here's what the devil's doing. In no way does he want God involved in this area of your life. That would bring far too many blessings. So what he does is he, it's a battlefield of the mind. He speaks to you. And he tries to convince you that you owe no thanksgiving or gratitude to anybody other than yourself for anything that you have. And he wants you to possess an attitude that locks God out of this area of your life. Now, let me go back and say what I did before. You're still saved. God still loves you. There's nothing happening inside you or outside you that's going to change that because that's found through the cross. But the devil doesn't want... God involved in this area of your life. There's just too much joy in it. But to you on the outside who've never tried it, now to those of us who are in it, we know. Those who are on the outside, you think it's bondage. It's not. It's freeing. It's kind of like this, and it's not the potato head family. <laughs> I don't speak goldfish, but I'm assuming if I could, I think the goldfish would say, you got a pretty good life here. You've got a little island. No predators. It's my own little home. Don't have to share it. Okay, he might be lonely. <laughs> But think of what he's really missing. There's a whole big aquarium out there. There's a whole big ocean out there. And for a lot of us, when it comes to this area of our lives, we get a little ahead and we think, oh, look how good life is. We got no idea how grand life could be. Number one, it's my money. I can do what I want to. Number two, second lie, money and things will bring me ultimate satisfaction. Whoever loves money, Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse 10 says, has, never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. Now, let me play a little game here. All right, I'm going to take a hundred dollars. Hold that for me if you would, just a second. Let's pretend like, let's pretend like, i have got my eye on that by the way. Let, let's, let's pretend like that's your money. Okay. And I'm coming down after the service and what's your name? Chris. And Chris, Chris says, pastor Jeff, I'd like you to have this hundred dollar bill. Okay. Now how many of you think your pastor loves money? Yeah, you're smart, doggone straight. You're right, I love money, right? Come on, any pastor who tells you he doesn't love money, run away, because he's not going to tell you the truth. I'm like anybody else. What the first thing I think of when I see this? Golf balls, yeah. Okay, after 10% to God, of course. Now, does the Bible say you can't love money? That's not the point the Bible makes. The Bible says that when you love money to the point it becomes your idol, when it is the thing that you pursue, then it's all out of whack and priorities are gone. When it's that thing you think will give you that thing that's missing in your life, and the more, come on, how many of you think, man, if I could just get to that number, I'd be happy. Oh, that's what you're thinking. If I could just make this much money, oh, that would be enough. It will never be enough. Never. I go back to the lady that's on the mat in Zimbabwe. In 2008, I believe, we went over when Zimbabwe was in complete financial ruin. Uh, They actually printed a uh, a $500 trillion bill. A $500 trillion bill. It was the highest inflation known to man since civilization began. And that wouldn't even buy you a loaf of bread. And we went out to the rural areas, and I wanted to interview some of the people who were struggling. So we took a camera, went out to Chittimoyo Hospital, and I told the guys, let's go out into the village let's meet some people. First person we met, there was an old lady probably 70-some years old, seated on a mat. The totality of her existence was a mud hut about as big as this little part of the stage right here. That's where she lived. She had one goat, and she'd go down to the river three miles away to get water every day, and her food was a bowl of meal every day, okay? I sat down on the mat beside her, and through a translator, I asked her, Okay, if we could get you anything that you needed or wanted, what is the one thing we could help you with? What, 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 what could get you? And I thought this was going to be a benevolent video, right? We're going to do something fantastic. She snaps back through the translator. Everything I truly want, I already have. So I'm intrigued. I say, what, what is it? What is it? What is she? And she said, well, it's not a what, it's a who. I have Jesus. When you have Jesus, he's all you need. So here is this woman who has nothing, who's in poverty, and she's happy because she says all she really needs is Jesus. And when you have him, you don't need anything else. The and Meyer Clinic is supposed to be the top psychologists, psychiatrists on the planet, right? They wrote a book called Happiness as a Choice. And in the book, they say that many people choose happiness, but they never find it. And the reason is, is because they look in the wrong places. They seek for an inner peace and joy, never find it. They seek for happiness and materialism, don't find it. They seek for joy and sexual prowess, but end up with fleeting pleasures and a bitter long term disappointment. They seek inner fulfillment by obtaining positions of power in corporations, in communities, in their own families. They remain unfulfilled, and then they go on to say Millionaire businessmen come to my clinic. They tell me that they have big houses, yachts, and condominiums. They say they have nice children. A beautiful mistress, an unsuspecting wife, and secure corporate position, yet they have suicidal tendencies. They want to kill themselves. They have everything this world has to offer except one thing they are seeking the most. They cannot find inner peace and joy. I think of King Solomon. Here's a man of great wealth. He killed 30 oxen and 100 sheep every day to feed 14,000 people in his palace. How would you like to feed 14,000 people? What do they? Just ring the doorbell. We're hungry. 14,000 of us. Every day, he possessed what seemed to be unending knowledge. We know from outside sources other than the Bible that he wrote 3,000 works of profound truths. Seven to 900 are recorded in our Old Testament. He wrote over 1,000 songs. He was said to be the wisest of the wise. He ate the finest food. He possessed all the expensive items of gold and silver, and he surrounded himself with literally hundreds of beautiful women across the land. And yet he gets to the end of his life after having had all of this. And he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 11, Everything I look for in pleasure, good or bad, under the sun, was a chasing after the wind. It's a Hebrew word that means the harder you pursue something, the more it eludes you. Why is it that the Bible repeatedly reminds us that money and stuff will never bring us the satisfaction that God can, and yet there's a lady who lives in total abject poverty in Zimbabwe who gets that and we who live in the affluent West don't.
1: This is Today with Jeff Fines. And that's all we have time for today, but we'll hear some more truth and lies of financial freedom as Pastor Jeff continues next time in 1 Chronicles chapter 29.
0: Now what the devil will do is when you get in a bad situation financially, he will give you quick ways to get out that look good, but ultimately, you'll just dig yourself deeper and deeper.
1: Today with Jeff Vines.